Thank you for listening to the Zayner Ministries podcast with evangelist Nick Zayner. To stay connected, check us out on Instagram, Facebook, or at zaynerministries.com. Now, here's evangelist Nick. All right, praise God. Well, we're here from the Lehigh Valley. I'm evangelist Nick Zayner, and I want to thank you for tuning in tonight. Tonight's going to be a great night of getting results and seeing God come through for you in every single area of your life. But um, before we get into this tonight, I know all of us know somebody, or maybe it's yourself, and I hopefully, if it is you tonight, uh, I believe God is going to give you uh, a revelation on how you can walk in continual victory with your faith, where uh, maybe it seems like nothing's working, but we're going to have results after tonight when you uh, apply these things according to God's Word. And when you apply God's word in your life, you're going to you're going to see your faith work. And I don't want to get ahead of myself here tonight, but it's just going to be amazing, amazing time. And so uh, before we get into any of that, I want to just pray real quick and we'll get right into the word of God. Father, I thank you, Lord, for every single person tuning in here tonight and those who will watch this replay on YouTube and Facebook. Lord, open their eyes to their understanding, grant unto them the spirit of wisdom and the revelation and the knowledge of your son. And Lord, we thank you for breakthrough and turnaround tonight in Jesus' mighty name. And if you receive that, type amen in the comments. When I went home to Indiana, we just got back from preaching in South Bend. You can see here I added the altar call there. It was the biggest altar call outside of an outreach that we've ever had. And I can tell God is doing something in America. God is moving across this land. And he's looking for people who he can show himself strong on their behalf. And I believe you tonight. You're a person right now who God wants to use to show himself strong on your behalf. But maybe you've gone through a couple different areas of your life and you haven't seen results. You've seen uh, some results in this area, maybe healing, and but you haven't seen breakthrough being blessed. Or maybe, you've, maybe you're somebody, you go to a Pentecostal church, but you've never received the Holy Spirit. You know, there's people out there who they just bought into the lie that if it doesn't look like it's going to work out, it never will work out. But I'm here tonight to tell you that it will work out in Jesus' name. You know, there's a passage in the Bible that I want to start in. That's in Matthew chapter 17, verse 14. Let me make sure that's correct. Matthew chapter 17, verse 14. This is where... Jesus goes up to the Mount Transfiguration right before this moment. And before, or at the same time that Jesus is up on the mountain, and Peter and James and John are there, and they see the glory of God touching uh, them on the mountain, and they see Jesus transformed and transfigured before their eyes, and he's glowing white, and he's He's looking uh, just in his perfect form, and they're like, hey, we, you know, is it even good for us to be here? And it's just the glory is taking place on the mountaintop. But down in the valley, there's a situation taking place with a father and a son. The father brings his son to the disciples, the nine remaining, and he says, hey, my son has seizures. My son has issues. And he convulses himself, and he begins to throw himself into the fire and into the, the water to drown himself. It's a situation that he thought, man, I've come to the best deliverance preachers of my time, nine of the 12 disciples that walk and talk with Jesus. But here they are, then they, they're doing everything they can to cast this devil out of this, this young boy. And they begin, to, they begin to do everything that Jesus taught them. They're laying hands on him. They're, they're uh, commanding it to come out. And then the boy just continues to convulse, continues to throw himself down, continues to just, uh, just get sideways with them. And, and they're unable to do anything. Maybe you've felt that way before. You're doing everything you possibly thought you could do. Maybe you're doing every formula that you listen to on TV from the TV preacher. And you did X, Y, and Z. You put on the whole armor of God. You got the helmet on. You got the breastplate on. You got you got the the feet of preparation on. I mean, I'm telling you, if we could see you in the spirit, you got so much armor on, you can hardly walk around because you're just weighted down. But it just things don't seem to be working. Well, Jesus, eventually, he comes from the mountaintop and he eventually walks down the mountain. And let's see what he says. The Bible says in verse 14 of Matthew 17. And when they had come to the multitude, a man came to him, kneeling down to him, and saying, Lord. 
Have mercy on my son. He is an epileptic and he suffers severely, for he often falls into the fire and often into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. They could not cure him. But then Jesus, look at Jesus' answer. He says, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. I want you to type that in the comments. Bring him here to me. One of the things I preached on in South Bend is that we need to look back to Jesus. We need to put our eyes back on Christ. You know, you might feel like you're in the valley tonight, and maybe you're not. Maybe you're on the mountaintop. We don't have to live a life of mountains and valleys, but sometimes life hits you in a way that you least expect it. And you're, you're low. And this man, this father is, is desperate. This father is saying, man, I brought my son to the best of the best, but he is not getting any help from your disciples. Therefore, thank God, Jesus comes down the mountain. See, Jesus will always meet you in your valley. Say, Jesus is going to meet me in my valley. Come on, somebody. And he, he came down and he saw him and Jesus said, bring him here to me. And verse 18 says, Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Then the disciples came to him privately and said, why could we not cast it out? So this is the question you should have, maybe not in the area of casting out devils, but why is my faith not working in the area of healing? Why is my faith not working in the area of financial blessing? Why is my faith not working in the area of getting filled with the Holy Ghost or put in whatever you're believing God for in that same sentence? You should go to God and say, why is this not working? Why? Because it's never God. It's always us. I want you to point your finger at yourself and say, it's, it's me. It's never God. It's always us. And so when we take the responsibility out of, well, you know, it's God's problem or it's God's fault or he's in control. No, God is in control when we give him control, when we work our faith, when we know what the Bible says and we apply it. And I'm going to give you seven different things here in a minute that you can do a checkup so you can walk in complete victory uh, all the days of your life because there's times and moments where if we're not careful, we can slip back into carnality. We can slip back into thinking about how in reasoning in our minds on how things should work, but God doesn't work with reasoning. He works with faith. See, faith is the only thing that pleases God. I want you to type faith in the comments. Faith. It's faith that pleases God. And so when Jesus goes, it goes on to say, the disciples said, He's going to answer them, right? They said, why could we not do this? Before we could do it easily, before we casted out devils all the time, the Bible says Jesus sent them out two by two. They came back, and they were rejoicing. They said, even the devils listen and obey what we tell them. They were, they were ecstatic. But this time they couldn't do it, and it bewildered them. They wondered, why, did, why is this not happening? And look at Jesus' response. He said to them, because of your unbelief. Boom. He gets right to the point. But he doesn't stop there. He goes on and continues to give them the answer to the unbelief. He says, For surely I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. I want you to type, nothing will be impossible for me. That's right. Nothing will be impossible for you. Come on, Samantha. Come on, Sal. Come on, Richie. Miriam on YouTube. Praise God. Joshua, thanks for tuning in. Tiffany, nothing shall be impossible for you or for me if we only believe. However, Jesus said this kind comes out except by prayer and fasting. I'm not going to be talking about specifically uh, the devil, the casting out devils and stuff, but I want to talk about the results because Jesus is telling us here, if you have the faith as a mustard seed, if you have uncontaminated faith, pure faith, you'll have results. But, you know, there's more, there's practical things we can do so we can make sure our faith is not contaminated. I want you to know, know this. If anybody had a reason to give up, it was David. But David said this in Psalm 121, verse 1, I will lift up my eyes unto the hills from whence my, with cometh my help. That's Psalm 121, 1. 
He, David could have gave up, but David refused to allow his faith to be contaminated. He refused to allow, uh, you know, what his circumstances were to dictate what his God had said. You can't allow circumstances to take you out. You must allow the word of God to take root in your heart, take root in your mind and and come out of your mouth and you're going to get results. Amen. So I want to give you seven different things to help you. But first, I want to give you a story. You know, have you ever, I was thinking about this because there's two stories I want to give you, but one is, have you ever had your cell phone? And uh, I know almost every single phone I have, I use the same charger the whole time. And over time, that charger uh, at the end of it, when I plug it in, begins to get a little messed up. And then eventually, if I don't, if I'm not careful and I just plug it in, it won't be charging the car. It won't be charging the phone. And I have to move the cord. And so it gets into a certain spot. And so it would actually charge it. And then not only does it affect the cord, but it affects the inward part of the phone to where it's not now just the cord, it's the phone itself. And there's a, there's a loose connection there. And if, the, if there's a loose connection, then the phone won't fully charge. And so there's sometimes in your walk where there's a loose connection in your life and you just need to make a little small adjustment so that you can get right back on track and begin to see the miraculous take place in the supernatural flow. A lot of times it's not the big things, it's the little things. The Bible says it's the small foxes that spoil the vine. In other words, it's the little things in our life that we have to clean up and and clear out. I had a coach all the time and it used to drive me blessed when I was in high school, but he would always tell us, hey, guys, it's the little things and stuff. And uh, I never found out what the stuff was, but I understood what he was saying now as I'm older. It is the little things that make the difference. And so these are going to be seven checkpoints to help you find loose connections with your faith. Because these, they, there's the times where you need to pause and you need to go through this checklist, just like if something broke down in your car and you start from one area and you check that out, you check the oil, you check and make sure you got gas. And if you have both, then you move on to the battery. And then if the battery's fine, then you move on. Come on. I know Sal knows what I'm talking about. Then you move on to the engine or whatever. That's as far as I know. But then you get into all the little details and eventually you'll find out what's wrong with the car. But you got to go through a checklist. I mean, you why take the engine apart if all you needed was gas? I mean, that's kind of a little bit ridiculous, don't you think? So don't begin to take apart something that doesn't need to be taken apart when it's really just a small fix. And so this is a checklist. And if you are not taking notes, I hope that right now I'll give you a couple seconds. Grab a pencil, grab your phone and begin to write these down, because this is not just a one time lesson that you're just going to hear one time and and never use it again. This is a life principle. These are things that I, I live by, you should live by, we all should, because we need to see God God's hand move in our life. How many of you guys watching right now by a show of an emoji hand, you want to see God's hand move in your life? Well, we don't have to be those Christians that don't have results. You know, nothing bothers me more than having no results. I mean, it, I can't stand... Uh, even playing a video game and failing every time, failing, 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 and can't figure out why am I not getting to the next level. I mean, we shouldn't settle for having no results with our Christianity. Sadly, religion has crept in and has told people, you know what, there's just times when you're not going to have results with God. You just have to trust Him and all that. And yes, we do need to trust God with all of our mind, all of our heart, all of our soul. There's times when we just don't understand. We lean onto His ways and not onto ours. But it shouldn't be a lifestyle of never having results. It should be a lifestyle of results. We should be a testimony to our generation. You know, I'm going to get into these points here in a second, but I'm a little stirred up. But there's a man named Charles Finney. Look him up sometimes if you love church history. This man was a lawyer in the 1800s, and he wasn't even saved. But because of the laws in the United States of America, Charles Finney was forced to look at the law and open the Bible and look at the Bible because they wrote the laws according to the Word of God. I mean, that would not pass in some history classes today, but it's just the truth that he had to literally have them both open. What happened was is it began to stir a hunger in him to find out the truth. And one of the things that bothered him the most that kept him from being a Christian, now don't miss this, the one thing that kept Charles Finney from becoming a Christian is he would hear the Christians pray and he would never see their prayers answered. 
I want you to think about that for a second. He would pray, he would see them pray, and they would be content with never getting an answer. And it bothered him because he said, if this God is really alive and his word says, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Why are you not seeing what the Bible says? And so it actually caused him to get hungry to find out truth. Long story short, this man got baptized in the Holy Ghost in a forest and God sent him across the United States. He saw over 500,000 converts in the 1800s, which marked the second great awakening and totally revolutionized the United States uh, at a pivotal time when America was going under. And so why do I say that? He's not a, he's not any, he's somebody special now because of history, but at the time he was a nobody. He was somebody just like you. He's somebody like Richie. He's somebody like Samantha. He's somebody like Marion. He's somebody like Josh, Tiffany, whoever else is on. I don't see your, your comments. You can comment. Let me know you're on if I'm not saying your name. But the reality is this. He, they were, or, he was an ordinary person looking uh, for an extraordinary God for results. So you got to go through these seven checkpoints to help you find these loose connections so you can make sure that your faith is intact. Number one, I'll get into these. I'll do my best to finish them um, fairly fast. But number one, check up on your own life. Type that in the comments. Check up on your own life. In other words, we need to be introspective first. We not we do not need to focus on okay, God, uh, what are you doing? That's or what? Why is this not working? You're in control. No, we need to be like, okay, God, your word says that we should be blessed. Your word says that we should be healed. Your word says that I should be filled with the Holy Ghost. Your word says that you're no respecter of person. So I need to do a checkup on my own life. Mark eleven twenty five says, when you stand praying, forgive. A lot of times, and the most number one hindrance to believers' faith is unforgiveness. If you have unforgiveness towards anyone, the Father will not forgive you. And so you unforgiveness is just a form of pride. Where the Bible says God gives grace to the humble, but he resists the proud. So when you're walking in unforgiveness towards anybody, your mom, your dad, your brother, your brother in Christ, your pastor, whoever, and you're literally putting yourself at resistance with God, literally God's hand goes up and you're just you're marching in place against his hand when really you want his hand to be the reverse, throwing blessing at you, throwing healing at you. But if you have unforgiveness, you have to walk in forgiveness. You have to allow God to search you. Psalm 139, 23, search me and try me, O Lord, David said. Search me and try me. Search me, Lord. So you need to take time. If things aren't working in your life, if faith doesn't seem to be working, if, if uh, hey, Amy, thanks for tuning in. A little late, but we just got to point number one, so you're not too late. If faith does not seem to be working, if the results aren't happening, you got to allow God to search you. Get into the secret place. Pray. Seek God and say, Lord, show me what is in my life. What is, is it unforgiveness? Is it, is it what I said about my pastor? Is it, is it what I said about my brother in Christ? Is it, is it, is it a grudge I'm holding from my mom for 20 years ago or from my dad? Whatever it is, you got to get that out of your life. ASAP, get that out of your life. The Bible says that uh, bitterness, it, it, it begins to take over. It begins to just defile you. Bitterness will defile the bones. I mean, literally being bitter, unforgiveness will literally harm your body. Just science proves it. But, but not only harming your body, it, it's destroying your faith. And so you have to get rid of it. Ephesians 4 verse 27 says, give no place to the devil. We can't give no place to the devil. I mean, that's good to take notes on that one. Type that in the comments. Give no place to the devil. But when you walk in when you're walking in unforgiveness, you're giving a com complete reign to the devil. Because when you hold on to unforgiveness and bitterness, you're giving the devil an opportunity, and we can't allow that. Now, there's unforgiveness, and then another thing you got to do a checkup on is is there fear in your life? A lot of people want to talk about Job and how he lost the hedge of protection and, and God, you know, God allowed this thing to take place. But really, it was Job's fear that opened the door to the devil. God, the, God found, you know, the Bible says, Job 325, fear, I, let me go to it. Let me read it to you. 
because I don't have the actual text here in front of me, but it's the fear. He was afraid. Job was afraid that if he did not make complete sacrifices every single day for his kids, that, that they would be taken out. And so he was actually sacrificing not in faith, but in fear. You could be doing what you think is right, but not doing it with the right spirit. See, we have to do everything by faith. Type in the comments, we walk by faith and not by sight. We, don't, we live according to faith. I want to read this to you. I'm not going to teach on Job, but I feel it's necessary to read it. For the thing I greatly feared has come upon me, and what I dreaded has happened to me. See, he had an open door to fear. You have to close every door to fear. Why was there so many people caving during a time of mass fear coming upon the globe? Because they gave broom to the devil. And their faith began to wane. So we need to do a checkup. If we're, in, if we're in fear, why are we in fear? Well, God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. So we need to, we need to allow the Holy Spirit to do a work on the inside of us. 1 Corinthians 11 verse 31 tells us to judge ourselves. Don't, don't ever say, you know what, only God can judge me. That's dangerous. <laughs> Maybe you should judge yourself before God judges you. Amen. Let, God, let, your, let yourself be introspective before you mess up. So if things aren't working, one of the loose connections is you need to do a checkup on your life and you need to find out if there's fear, unforgiveness, sin in your life. Obviously, sin is, is the main one. Get all sin out of your life. If you have sin in your life, that's a big wide open door for the devil. We don't want that. Amen. Number two, check up on your promises. Now, this is big. The, many people... See, for example, if I talk, I've met many people, I preach because I travel a lot, go to different churches, I preach, and then I have somebody come up to me afterwards and say, brother, I'm so glad you shared the word. I know God is my healer. I know he's going to heal me. And I could say to them, okay, great. What promise or what scripture are you standing on? Well, I don't really have one I'm standing on. I just know that he can heal me. I know he's a healer. Well, that's great and all. It's good to know that he is, but we need the word. You need to know where in the word is the promise for you. So if you don't know, that's why I wrote a, or put a book together, 101 Healing Scriptures. Why? Because people didn't know where in the Bible they, they were to be healed. They can be healed. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. You need to know what the promises is. So you need to do a checkup on your promises. You know, you... <laughs> That's why we, we teach these things. That's why we're doing a broadcast tonight, so that you can, you can know what the Word of God says for yourself, so you can have faith for God's promises. If you, don't have, if you don't have a promise to stand on, if you don't have a scripture to stand on, you ain't standing on any foundation besides wishful thinking. It's one thing to know God's a Savior, but we also know in the Bible that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. When you stand on that promise and you've called upon his name, you know you're saved and ready for heaven. I mean, everything has to be stood upon the word of God. For example, many people are believing God to be blessed. So you can stand on 3 John chapter 2. God, he, that he, he wants you to prosper, be in health, even as your soul prospers. Beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. What does, that, what does that mean? He wants you to be blessed financially, and he wants you to be healthy. That's two promises in one verse. You can stand upon that promise for both things. If you believe in God to prosper financially, you can stand upon that promise. If you believe in God to walk in divine health, you can stand upon that promise. But you have to know where it is in the Bible. You have to be Begin to speak it out of your mouth because that's number three. Number three checkup is check up on your confession. Now, <clears throat> this is very, very important. We must check up on our confession because you will never rise above the confession that you confess and you'll never sink below what you confess. What is that? What do I mean by that? Well, Mark eleven twenty two 22 says, have faith in God. For whatsoever you say unto this mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea, and doubt not in your heart, but believe that those things that you sayeth, you shall have whatsoever you sayeth. In other words, whatever you say is what you'll get. 
whatever you say is what you'll get. This is, I believe, the number one reason why many people are struggling. Because you can have you can do a checkup on your life. You're not in sin. You're walk. You're 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 on, not in unforgiveness. You're you're not um, putting yourself in a position to give the devil a foothold. And then you can know the promises, but you never if you never let the promises come out of your mouth, you'll never experience the promises. David said, "I believed, and therefore I spake." He spoke. He believed and spoke. You get saved by how? Believing in your heart, saying with your mouth. Romans 10.10. If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you'll be saved. Confession. You'll never rise any higher than your confession. So if you can't say it, you can't have it. (laughs) In other words, if you can't... Many people, when you start talking about word of faith, you start talking this way, many people think, well... You know, I could just say it, say it, say it, say it until I have it. No, you got the promise. Faith comes by hearing. It's in your heart. Now you got to begin to speak it out of your mouth. By his stripes, I was healed. First Peter 2.24, right? By his stripes, you were healed. I was already healed 2,000 years ago. You believe it in your heart. You say it with your mouth. But brother, I still feel sick. It doesn't matter how you feel. It matters by what you believe. And then you're saying what you believe, which will give you power to it, because the Bible says in Proverbs 18, 21, 21, life and death are in the power of your what? Your tongue. Life and death are in the power of your tongue. You, right there. You listen to me. The preacher can say all he wants. I can say everything tonight. But if you don't let it come alive in your heart and begin to say it out of your own mouth, you will not have results, folks. You might get healed at, you might get healed by a gift of the Spirit at the altar. But if you go home and say, well, brother, I'm not sure if I'm healed, you'll lose your healing. Are you getting what I'm saying? I can preach the best message on prosperity, but if you don't believe it in your heart and say, you know what? I'm redeemed from the curse of the law. I'm blessed. I have the blessing of Abraham. And you believe it personally, you won't, you won't, you won't see it happen in your life. Amen. And that's a good sign because you can, I can talk the negative, but how about the positive? You can grab a hold of it and say, you know what? All things are possible to those who believe. I'm going to see my healing. I believe I stand upon his promises that he sent his word and healed me of all my diseases and delivered me from all of my destructions. Come on, who am I talking to tonight? I'm talking to you right here on this screen. God, he wants you to begin to say it. You got to say it out of your mouth. You got to believe it in your heart. Do a checkup on your confession. You know, me and my wife, we, we, we live upon this promise that whatsoever you say, you'll have. We correct each other. Sometimes we get mad at each other because we correct each other, but I, we're not going to say anything that's contrary to God's word. And if we do, we got accountability with each other to say, you know what? That's not what the Bible says. That's not our promise. And I don't care how many religious people we get, that get upset with us like that because I don't care. I want God's best. I want results. That's how we're getting results. How are we getting results? How are we seeing open doors? How are we seeing God grow this broadcast? And every single time you get on here, there's there's new equipment. There's new things. Why? Because we are contending. We're speaking it out of our mouth that we're going where God wants us to go. We're taking new territory. We're not staying where we where we've been. We're going further. We're going. We're going to grow. God is going to do the impossible because He said all things are possible. Come on. Who am I talking to tonight? I'm talking to myself, if anything. We're going to see the things that God promised no matter what because of our confession, because we believe it. You know, Christianity, they used to refer Christianity as the great confession because it was, it was the, that's where evangelism came from. Everybody, everybody is telling somebody else by their words about Jesus, by their faith, by testifying of what God has done. I mean, everything. God spoke in the beginning. He said, let there be light. He said, let there be light. I want you to think about how powerful words are. That saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but my, your words will never harm me. No, your words are more important, more powerful than sticks and stones, folks. Yes, someone else's words don't have to harm you, but your own words can harm you. Don't let anything come out of your mouth that's not that's contrary to God's word. So that's why number two is check up on your promises because once you know your promises, now it needs to come out of your mouth. And when it comes out of your mouth, folks, I'm telling you, you're going to start seeing things take place supernaturally. Many people, they're right there. It's just on the tip of their tongue, literally, if they would just speak it out. 
and allow all the religious mumbo jumbo in their minds to get removed. Who cares what experience? I, I thank God for people's experiences. Some people didn't walk in this truth at some point, and they went through tragedy. They went through um, bad things. They didn't have to, but they were walking in the light of the Lord that they knew. And there's nothing wrong with that. But now it's time, you know what? Let's walk in the truth of God's word. Let's, let's begin to speak it out of our mouth because if he said it, we can have it. If he said, if you say to this mountain, be removed, I mean, what do you, what do you need to speak to to see moved? I mean, I don't think it's bigger than a mountain, folks. I don't think it is. Come on, I see people praising, praising God on there. It's got, revelations coming to people tonight. Come on. It's the word spoken out of your mouth that brings results. That's number three. Number four. Check up on the arena in which you are fighting. On the arena in which you are fighting. The Bible says we fight the good fight of what? Faith. We fight in the realm, the arena. When I say arena, like a football arena, like a coliseum, because this is a fight. We're not in Christianity for fanfare. We're in warfare, folks. (laughs) We just entered into warfare, but guess what? We win when we do our checkup. We win when we, when we apply God's word. So we need to check up on the arena we're fighting in. Are we fighting in the arena of reason, which is our thinking? Are we fighting in the arena of faith? Faith is not in the head. Faith is in the heart. Write that down. Faith is not in my head. Faith is in my heart. You can have Your faith can work with doubt in your head. But in the minute you, going back to confession, the minute you allow that doubt to come out of your mouth, you've just give, given place to the enemy, you've given place to doubt and unbelief, and then it, it stifens your faith. But you might, many times, I'm telling you guys, when God told me to step out and preach and go into traveling ministry, guys, in 2020, November of 2020, we launched the ministry. But he told me to, to start a ministry in June of 2020, 2020. I don't know why I said 2020. No, 2020. That's ridiculous. In my mind, I'm saying this is impossible. No one's traveling. There's travel bans. What if there's travel bans in the next 10 years? I didn't know, but there was there was doubt in my, my head, but God spoke to my heart, and he said, do the work of an evangelist. I had the promise of God that he called me, that he told me to do the work of the evangelist, and I just stepped out and began to do it, and look how door after door after door opened because I said, yes, Lord, it makes no sense in my mind, but it makes sense in my heart, and you got to step out and do it. What is God telling you tonight, folks? And today, if you're watching the replay, that God is telling you to step out and do something, but in your head, it t- makes no sense. But you got to step out. Obedience is a key to getting results. But you have to understand and check up in the arena you're fighting. If you get into the arena of reason, you'll never make it. You'll, you're, you're defeated before you, you start because the devil is a master in the realm of reason. He can't do anything in the realm of faith. He's defeated every single time. But if you get into the realm of reason, he'll whip your behind every single time. What is reason? It's rational thinking. Bringing, it's carnally thinking. It's thinking, you know what? I shouldn't do this because I, only, I shouldn't give. For example, giving is a good one because the devil always gets people to reason in their giving. He'll say, you know what? You don't need to give that $100 because you need that $100 to pay your bills or whatever. And it, you know maybe you do. But if God tells you to give, then he's got, a, he's got a harvest in mind. It doesn't make sense to the mind. I mean, even tithing. Why would you, you know, reason, if you reason in your mind to tithe, you'll never tithe. You'll go always say, you know what? This doesn't make any sense. Why would I give 10% to God and only live off of 90? You know, that makes no sense to the mind. But God says, by faith, if you give me the 10%, that I will press it down, shake it together, open a window of heaven that you can't even contain the blessing. Then not only that, I'll rebuke the devourer over your life. I mean, there's a promise attached to, to the, the arena of faith when you step out. But if you get into reason, You'll never make it. You'll never. You'll go right down. Amen. Got Charles and Norma Arnett on. Praise God. That's my grandparents. Thanks for tuning in. You can't allow yourself to get into reason, folks. So how do you do a checkup on that? You need to find out, have I made decisions based off of rationalizing in my mind or according to God's word? You know, have you 
decided, you know what, I'm going to take these steps because of fear, because in the, my mind it makes more sense? Or did, you know, what if God's telling you to stay at your job, but you just got an offer at a better job, but something in you is saying don't do it, even though in rationally thinking I should take this job. It's be- better pay, but God knows at the other end of it that it's going to be bad, that it's not going to work out, that you're going to lose your job in six months. It doesn't make any sense to the mind, but it does make sense to your heart. Is this, I hope this is resonating with you guys. So number four, check up on the arena you're fighting in. Number five, very, very important. These are all important, but number five, check up on who you're spending time with. Bad company corrupts good morals. Write that down. Bad company corrupts good morals. Psalm chapter 1 is the greatest example of that. Psalm chapter 1 verse 1 says, Blesses the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And he meditates day and night. And it goes on to say, He shall be like a tree planted in the rivers of water that brings forth fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Notice how it says, who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. In other words, we're all called to love on the sinner. We're all called to reach the lost. I mean, that's my main thing of my ministry. If you followed me at any time, it's win the lost. It's preach the gospel to those who need Jesus. That's dealing directly with sinners. But if you're fellowshipping and if you're spending time day in and day out with sinners, if you're going, your morals are going to get corrupt. And that contaminates your faith. That contaminates your results with God because, you, you know, it's good to go into the bar and, and very quickly go in there and lead somebody to the Lord. But it's not good to sit down and hang out in there, folks. Because eventually, maybe you're not going to drink that time, but the more you hang around those who drink, you're going to start drinking yourself. The more you hang around those who who do bad things, you're going to start partaking because that's just, you're, you're outnumbered, folks. There's certain things that you just, you be wise as a serpent, harmless as a dove. Who are you hanging out with? Is your friends building up your faith or are they tearing your faith down? Are they encouraging you to go to church? Are they encouraging you to read your Bible? Are they encouraging you to... to uh, Go further with God. If they're not, it's time to get rid of those friends because those friends ultimately will drag you down. And you might be saying, well, brother, what about my family? You know, you can't get away from your family. That's right. You can't. You can't get away from your family. You can choose your friends, but you can't choose your family. But however, you don't have to position yourself to have to be around that. You you can put boundaries in your life. You can say, you know what? I'm sorry, guys. I had to do this when I first got saved and lived at home temporarily with some of my family who was not serving God yet. And I would say, you know what? I'm sorry, guys. I can't go with you anymore. I got to stay home. And I'll just stay home in my room and read my Bible and, and pray and seek God. I mean, it takes a step of saying, you know what? I love you. I'm not cutting you out of my life, but I am going to put the word of God first place in my life. So you got to do a checkup on who you're spending time with. I don't feel like I need to beat that over your head. That makes to me, it makes perfect sense. Get rid of those who are not going after God. Number six, check to see if you're obeying the word that leads to victory. Check to see if you're obeying the word that leads to victory. What do I mean? You know, it's one thing to hear the word and speak the word, but are you doing the word? The Bible tells us that faith without works is dead. James 1, through 25 says we are to be doers of the word, not just hearers only. We can hear the word, we can confess the word, but are we actually doing what the Bible says to do? Come on, that's right, Josh, back on that last point. Walk with those who are wise, become wise, associate with fools, get into trouble. That's right. Get away from fools, amen? Everybody say, I ain't foolish, I'm wise. <laughs> But so we need to understand, are we, are we doers of the word? Back to number six. 
Are you doing what the Bible says? If I'm not doing what the Bible says to do, we can pray and fast for 365 days. But if you do not sow a seed, if you do not bring your tithe into the storehouse, you will not be fully blessed in the blessing of God because you're not doing what the Bible says to do. You're not acting upon God's word. You have to act upon the word of God. If Moses stood there with his staff at the Red Sea and God said, lift up your staff, and that was an action. But he said, no, God, I'm not lifting up my staff until you split the sea. God was saying, once you lift up that staff, I'm going to split the sea, but you got to put it into action first. You got to obey what I said. And if you don't obey what God says, you can't get what God has. You have to obey, folks. You have to do what he says. So you have to get into the word and you have to know the promise, but then you need to act upon the stipulation of the promise. Jesus said this in Matthew 7, 24 through 27, that whoever, I'm going to paraphrase it, but whoever builds his life upon the solid foundation of his sayings, of his words, he's built himself on a solid foundation but if you do not obey and do what he says to do, you've built your, your life on a sandy path. And when the winds and waves come, you're going to get trampled over. In other words, be a doer of the word, not just a hearer only. You can be confident that God is going to come through for you when you step out and you do what the Bible says to do. Never forget that. No matter what it looks like. You see, the, here's the thing, folks. That's why the title is, of this is called When It Seems Like Nothing's Working because it might feel like nothing's working, but if you've done the checklist and you're acting upon His Word, get ready because it's about to manifest. Can you say amen? Come on, somebody. Submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. Once you've done what the Bible says to do, you've done these first six checkups, you've gone through one through six, and you're saying, you know what, I'm doing all these, I'm acting upon the word, I'm doing everything, I'm fighting in the arena of faith, I'm speaking God's word, I'm standing on a promise, I've done a checkup, there's no sin in my life, there's no unforgiveness, then number seven, check up on your praise. This is powerful, folks, check up on your praise. Why? Because praise counts it done without any proof in the natural. Praise is showing God that you've believed that you've received it already. You're, you're, many people, you know, the old timers would say you got to pray it through, which I agree with. Pray it all the way through. But once you prayed it through, it's time to praise it through. <laughs> Type that in the comments for him. Praise it through. That's right. It's time to praise God like it's already done. It's time to praise the Lord like, you know what? I, I may not feel healed, but I thank you, Lord. And you start dancing and shouting and praising right in your seat. And bless God. I'm healed by your stripes. I may not feel it, but I'm healed. And you start thanking and praising God and watch how quickly it begins to manifest in the same as in every area. You've given your tithe. You sowed your seed. It's time to get up on your feet and shout and dance because the hundredfold blessing is coming to you. Can you say amen? That's how you got to praise it through. You got to check up on your praise. You got to say, God, Lord, I thank you. I praise you that it's already done. That's what Jesus did when he stood there with Lazarus and Lazarus was dead and everybody's crying and saying, man, if you would have just come three days earlier, he wouldn't have died. But Jesus said, you know what? I'm going to praise my father that because of this, he's going to send forth the glory of God. I'm praising him because he's already living. I'm praising him because he's going to live again. Come on. You got to praise him. So your dream becomes alive again, folks. Come on. Who am I talking to tonight? You got to praise him like it's already done. You got to praise him like it's about to take place any second. I mean, when you show God that praise, when we were in Tampa, Florida, they would do this all the time. They would say, stand up on your feet. And what would you do right now? How would you act if you're, if you, what you've been asking God for just happened right now? And people would begin to dance and shout and run around the building. Why? Because they're praising God like it's already done. That's how faith is. Faith praises praises God like they've already got it. Faith believes that it will happen before it happens. That's what faith is. Faith is in action when you're praising God. You know, God is moved by praise. Come on, somebody right now, Siobhan's jumping up and down in her home. Come on, you need to get up off of your feet right now, and you need to just begin to dance in your house. You need to begin to dance in your home and say, you know what, God, your promises are true. I know what you said, and it's going to come to pass. I'm going to see this thing take place. Come on. I see the breakthrough taking place in your life, folks, because you're praising it through, because you're praising it through. Come on. 
we prayed, we fasted, we seek God, and it's time to praise Him because it's already done. Can you say amen? Come on. Hallelujah. This is a checklist that you need to go through when you when when you're going through life and you're saying, you know what? It's been a while since we've seen a breakthrough in this area. I'm going to sit down and do the checklist. I'm going to go through one through seven and make sure we're all right. Make sure my heart's good. Make sure my confession's good. Make sure I'm standing on a promise. Make sure I'm checking up with I'm in the arena of faith. And then I'm spending time with quality people. And then I'm obeying God's word and I'm doing what it says. And I'm praising him and watch how your life will change. You will walk in continual victory, never ending victory all the days of your life because you're applying God's word appropriately. People need to apply his word appropriately, folks. And that's you tonight. You're going to march forward in Jesus' name. Can you say amen? Come on, I feel a spirit of breakthrough on here tonight. That's right. Come on. I believe after tonight, you're going to see breakthrough in every single area of your life. Physically, mentally, emotionally, financially, every single area of your life is going to increase because you're doing God's word. Not just because I said it, but you're going to you're applying these things and you're going to see God's hand move in your life. Amen. Hallelujah. Man, I'm fired up. I can just run around this place. But I would trip over all these cords in my room. <laughs> I'm telling you guys. Praise God. If you want a reference for that last one, it's John eleven forty one. So now what? Now what do we do? Well, you're already doing your praising God. So now it's time to apply these things and to step out and watch what God will do. I'm telling you guys, I'm not bragging on myself. I'm bragging on God. We've done these things. This year has been a different year. We. <laughs> 2023 has been totally different than 2021 and 2022. We've seen God's hand move like I've never seen before already in every area. The outpouring of a spirit financially, we've seen explosion take place moving here on the broadcast. I'm telling you guys, if God's doing it for me, he can do it for you. He's no respecter of persons. He's only a respecter of faith. And I believe he's going to do it for you in Jesus mighty name. Come on. Amen. Well, I want to pray real fast. Come on, Samantha's dancing. She's got her dancing shoes on 24-7. <laughs> That's right. That's right. You got to be ready to dance in the moment. You got to be ready to just, you know what? Next time you're in Walmart or something and you're just walking, you know, just stop and just start just start dancing crazy for God. I mean, watch what people will do around you. They probably run from you. But you know what? You got to be ready. You got to be ready to move, man. We're ready to move. We're ready to dance. <laughs> We're ready to shout. We're ready to put the devil on the run. Come on, somebody. We're ready to see results. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for every single person listening live and who will watch the replay. Lord, I thank you that you look over your word to perform it, and I thank you that you send it quickly and swiftly. And as they obey your word, Lord, I thank you that they'll see results even this week. Lord, even by tomorrow, Friday, as they they're praising you in their homes, they're dancing around in your house right in their house right now. Lord, that you're already sending blessing to chase them down. That they're not looking for blessing, but blessings looking for them because they're praising you by faith, and faith is what pleases you, and faith is what delivers the supernatural to their life. In Jesus' mighty name, and if you say Amen, shout it in your home. Type it in the comments. Throw some fire in the comments, and let the Lord hear you. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Man, I'm fired up. Praise the Lord. Well, I want to give you an opportunity tonight to act on your faith, specifically in the area of finances. This has changed my life, folks. When I understood seed, time, and harvest, we've never looked back. This is the whole reason why we're able to live off the ministry. Me and my wife, we're full-time in ministry. It's we live off your giving. And the promises of God says that when you bring your tithes and offerings, your tithe goes to your church, your offerings can go to other ministries, your offerings and your tithes, when you bring them to the Lord, guys, I'm telling you, he rebukes the devourer and he opens up the windows of heaven and pours out a blessing you cannot receive. And so there's different ways you can give up on the screen. And I want you to obey God. And if you're listening to me and you're not a partner yet, but I see many partners on, I want to ask you, Please consider partnering with Zayner Ministries. We've already seen 8,600 people give their life to the Lord, and we're not stopping anytime soon. 
there's a there's a generation that needs reached, and so you can attach your your seed to the harvest of souls and watch how God will accelerate that back to your life. You can text give CMI to 610-890-7505. You can also sign up to be a partner that way. Or you can text or you can use Cash App, PayPal, or Venmo. Different uh, apps that you use, either one, at GiveZMI, or go to our website, zanerministries.com slash give. If you'd like to become a partner, you can do slash partner. and uh, Or you can mail in a check. If you're from afar, P.O. Box 125, Copley, PA, 18037. We're believing God for 100 blessed partners. And I believe I'm listening to some blessed people who you're not, you're not looking to just make it through life, but you're looking to be a blessing to, to be blessed, to be a blessing. See, that's God blesses those who are going to be a blessing to others. And that's exactly who I believe you are, and that's who we are. We feed 500 uh, people every single month through Feed the Hungry. If you missed the intro when we started, there's a video that we played so you can hear from the man himself who is in charge of Feed the Hungry, and we're a part of what they're doing. We're not just talking about doing this stuff. We're actively doing it. It's We're not... we're. We're preaching what we do, and that's what matters. Amen? And so I want to thank you ahead of time for your giving tonight and just obey the Holy Spirit in that. And I'm telling you, when you begin to praise God for in every area, but especially, I'm telling you, we're seeing it. The Lord gave me a scripture, Deuteronomy 28, verse 12. He said, he, said, he will open his good treasury, the heavens, to pour out its rain in its season. So there's a season when it's just going to pour and pour and pour. You shall be a lender and not a borrower, the Bible says. And I'm standing upon that promise. And you know what? As God pours it in, we just keep pouring it out. And the more we pour it out, the more he pours it in. That's just how this thing works, guys. And we just begin to praise him every time $5 comes in, $20 comes in, $100, $1,000, whatever. We just begin to praise God because we're, we're applying His Word. It's Him anyways. It's God. It's his, it's his hand. It's His Word. It's His promises. He looks over His Word to perform it. And we want to say thank you ahead of time for your giving, for your generosity. And be in prayer. I know many of you watching, you're in the local area. And we're going to be in Jameson, Pennsylvania on the 12th, 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. It's going to be a powerful time with them. We're super excited. This is our first time at New Beginnings Church. But we've known the pastors for a while now. Uh, Pastor Ben Rivera, and we're super excited to go there. And then we're going to be in Pittsburgh shortly after that. We have new dates for that due to the facility and the change of locations. So March 30th through April 2nd, it's going to be a powerful time. Thursday through Saturday, 7 p.m. at night, and then Sunday morning and Sunday night, it's going to be an amazing time with uh, Pastor Jordan Siri. It's going to be awesome. And so be in prayer. Please pray and uh, be a part of that. I forgot to mention, if you do give tonight, we are going to give you two books. And he'll put them up on the screen. You're going to get How to Keep Your Healing by Kenneth E. Hagan. And then the other book, The Bible Way to Receive the Holy Spirit. Maybe you already have the Holy Spirit. You speak in other tongues, but you want, you know what? God wants to use you to help others. These are great books for you. Just make sure after you sow your seed, go to zanerministries.com slash offer and fill out that form. Otherwise, I do not know where to send the books. I have to have your address. And so uh, do that, and it'll be, it'll be well with you, and you'll get those books. Amen? Well, it's been great. Next Thursday, 9 p.m., every single Thursday, just mark it down, put it in your calendar, set a reminder on your phone, 9 p.m., We'll only go about an hour, especially those doing the daily Bible reading plan with us. Mark it down. Be there every single Thursday, 9 p.m. We'll be back one week from now to be with you guys to teach God's Word. I love you. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll see you later. Thank you for listening to the Zaner Ministries podcast. Please consider becoming a monthly covenant partner with us. We are asking God for 100 people to stand with us financially as we continue to win the lost in America. Go to zanerministries.com and click the Give Now button to become a monthly covenant partner today.